TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. It's the Score North Twin Show. All right. Welcome in to the Mackie and Judd slash Score North Twin Show joint special, a Twins trade deadline special. And uh, we've got Jake DePew from scorenorth.com. We've got Judd Zolgad, who's made it home to his man cave to speculate on what might happen here in the next 15 minutes. And then we can react. And Declan Goff producing on the other side of the glass. I'm Phil Mackey. So, gentlemen, let's just start with a list of things that have happened in like the last basically 48 hours. And this isn't even a complete list. Right. But if you guys were wondering if, if the four of us were wondering or if. If fans out there and 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 you can watch uh, if you're if you're on Twitter, Facebook right now, you can watch us. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com uh, slash score north, where you can uh, click that sub button and help us out. But I thought this was going to be quiet because, oh, like teams aren't going to risk giving something of substance for a 30 day sprint. Oh, contraire. The Padres have already acquired Mike Clevenger, Mitch Moreland, Trevor Rosenthal, and like four other players, including former twin Jason Castro. They're all in. They're going for it all. The Blue Jays just traded for Jonathan Villar and Robbie Ray. The Marlins turned around after trading Jonathan Villar and acquired Starling Marte. The A's landed Mike Miner. Tommy Malone, former twin, who's off to a decent start, to the Braves. The Phillies just landed stud Brewers reliever David Phelps. Several other bullpen trades have taken place, and the Rockies, as of like five minutes ago, traded for Kevin Pillar, outfielder from Boston, who can swipe some bags. So um, the the main rumors surrounding the Twins right now are that they have kicked the tires on former number four overall pick Dylan Bundy, who's having a breakout season for the Angels, and old friend Lance Lynn, who's having an outstanding season with Texas is also on the Twins' radar. So your guys' thoughts with 13 minutes left until the deadline hits. First of all, I, I did see a tweet uh, moments ago that the Dodgers have now jumped in hot and heavy on Lance Lynn. So thank wow. God they'll probably go there and not here. No interest in Lance Lynn. I've seen it. I've been down <laughs> uh, that car wreck before. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I, well, no, we need to. I need to check you right there. Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn outside of his 20 starts with the Twins in his career, is a great starting pitcher. Those 20 starts yeah. with the Twins were a disaster, but that's like the the worst stretch of his career. He's been great. He's been great for the <laughs> other decade. And I wish him the best of luck in Los Angeles or Texas. I don't care where, just not here. Um, why? 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 Going, he's he's the best pitcher available right now. Because because for this, I don't want him in my clubhouse, and I don't want to have to put up with him next year. And I'm not convinced that he wouldn't go back to being the. Uh, recalcitrant uh, pain in the ass that he was in 2018. Uh, Jake, I'm going to give the floor to you, though, because uh, I think you and Phil are probably more passionate about this deadline regarding the Twins than I am. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that they need to do something. Um, like, are they just going to sit on the sidelines? Like, they're, uh, I don't know if you guys have been uh, paying attention, but they are two and a half games up on the Tigers for the number nine spot. And I, I asked that in jest. I know you guys are paying attention, but uh, this is not a lock anymore. Like they need to do something. Um, I get that they're getting Donaldson and Buxton back, probably not until the Detroit series, it sounds like now. Um, certainly not tonight, but I would have added a right-handed bat because I think their struggles against lefties is pretty significant and problematic. And they're about to face Keuchel and then uh, Scooble and Boyd with Detroit. 
Um, so I think it'd be disappointing if they didn't add a right-handed bat or at least at least an arm in the bullpen, something, right? Like, I don't know. I agree. Uh, I think I'm not trading Royce Lewis today unless, although we'll get to a couple. There's MLB.com had a couple zinger possibilities for yeah. trades that both involve Royce Lewis, but I'm not trading Royce Lewis, but would I trade Brent Rooker for the right arm or the right bat today? Absolutely. I think the biggest question here comes down to what do you think you're going to get from Josh Donaldson and Byron Buxton? Because if you think those guys are going to produce, you you technically on paper don't have a replaceable spot in your lineup. Like you're not going to take Eddie Rosario out for a new starter. Uh, I don't think you're going to replace Luis Arise. So even though some of these guys are struggling, I don't know that there's somebody out there that, I mean, like Xander Bogarts is apparently available. So if you're talking like if the Red Sox want to swap Jorge Polanco and uh, somebody not named Royce Lewis and I get Xander Bogarts in the middle of my lineup, okay, like let's talk. But I don't know how many guys are available in terms of right-handed bats that you're going to use outside of a platoon situation. You're not going to replace very many guys, if any, even if they're not hot right now in this lineup. So that's the conundrum. You're just waiting for guys to get hot. Yeah, and so tra- trade-wise, personally, what I would have liked to have seen them do, and, and I, I would be much more worked up about this if this were a July 31st and it, it was a uh, normal year, I would be saying, go, just go get some pitching. New starters, bullpen help, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I guess my I guess my question is this. Could you have obtained or could you obtain, and let's say the starting point of the offers from the Twins is a guy like Rooker, okay? Could you have gone out or could you, go out before the deadline hits now at three o'clock central time and make a trade for a pitcher. But the one thing that I don't, that I would not do is I would not, if I was twins right now, make any moves um, for essentially rental players that would cost me a thing. I'm, I would, this is one year where I personally, with what you're going through would rather prospect hoard and either use those guys and trade them next year and, or have them come up and contribute. The, the other thing that we're not exploring enough here, too, Jets, and this uh, came to me today, and we're not really talking about this, is, you know, as Jake and I, Phil, have talked about, the, the Twins aren't exactly forthcoming when it comes to guys being hurt, right? Like, we don't get much play-by-play of who's coming back when. Like, it's always this nebulous, well, yeah, he's making progress. Um, there is the off chance, gentlemen, that this team knows, knows far more about Donaldson and or Buxton so both possibly about when they're coming back or more importantly, not coming back. And this might be, and I'm not trying to create excuses here, but this might be an occasion as well where in the shortened season, they're not going to rush guys. And so they're saying we've got a decent team. It's not great, but why make a major potential splash move for what could be considered a rental player? If Donaldson's going to be lost, you know, through the 60 games or Buxton because Buxton's thing, keep in mind too, you guys, it's a reoccurrence of the left shoulder that he hurt and had surgically repaired. Now we don't know exactly how much, but it's definitely the same shoulder. And it was definitely aggravated by the slide against the Brewers that won that game. My point being is I do wonder if there's information, not surprisingly being withheld that would change their view on potentially making moves and, or probably more importantly, not making moves today. Go ahead, Jake. Well, so, so your so your conspiracy theory here, the Zolga conspiracy theory, is that the Twins know that Buxton and or Donaldson is potentially out for the year. Yes, right. Yes. But wouldn't that make them more likely to to, uh, to make a trade? 
Or no, they're punting. This year. They're going to punt if Donaldson and Buxton are out. That they're just punting on the season. Yes, yes, that they're going to stay in house, and they'll still try. But my point is, do you do you want, want to go make a twenty twenty splash move if part of your star power is going to be lost for an extended period? And look, the one thing that we know about this team is they are never going to tell us what's truly going on. So. We have to take into account that there's a lot more here than what we in the media and or fan base knows. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, that's ahead, that, that's fair. Like, I think I think Josh, I, I don't I take them at their word that Josh Donaldson has been fairly close and that they do plan on bringing him back. The problem is, you know, we're sitting here trying to trying to evaluate this without having all the information about whether Josh Donaldson has, has had a setback or something in the last three days. We just know that he's not in the lineup tonight, and we know that Byron Buxton's not in the lineup tonight, but that doesn't mean that they won't be in the lineup on, like, Wednesday or something. So it is it is hard to sit here and speculate when they don't give any information about injuries. So I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, they definitely don't. They're very cautious about what they say to the media with, with injuries. I mean, when Donaldson went out, they were saying, I mean, <laughs> Rocco came out and was like, you know, we don't anticipate he'll be in the lineup tomorrow, but, you know, he was running around. With, you know, we're not making any moves, anything like that. And here we are a month later, and he's still not back. So, yeah, you just don't know. But I wouldn't punt on the season, even if those two guys are out. I think it's the playoffs is such a crapshoot, and you have pretty solid starting pitching, as we've seen all year. Like, even if those guys are out, I would still go for it. I'd still try to replace them with a trade. I wouldn't trade for a rental. To Judd's point, but it's somebody who's controllable beyond this year. Absolutely. So if there's there's five minutes left, by the way, until the trade deadline. Five minutes left as we sit here. Go ahead, Judd. What would you guys give up? So, so like, let's just say from a starting prospect standpoint, for for to make to attempt to make a run for this year. What's your starting point as far as what you're willing to sacrifice? And and I guess the juxtaposition uh, to that question for me for both of you guys is, does that answer change based on the uniqueness of this year jake go ahead so what would i give up yes uh, like, like what it, prospects? well it all depends on the return i mean i would give up royce lewis for a top flight control you know starting pitcher who's controllable beyond this year um so yeah i mean i wouldn't give up much for a rental for sure and i think we talk about brent rooker a lot i think we might be overvaluing Brent Rooker a little bit. Um, nothing against him, but you know he's almost 26. He hasn't debuted yet. He has big strikeout rates, uh, so I'm not sure he would really bring much back. But for the right deal, if it's controllable pitching or you know an elite controllable bat, I would listen on any prospect. So he, and, and so I I would too. I mean, I, it's all relative. Like I would trade Royce Lewis. I just wouldn't trade Royce Lewis for one month of a starting pitcher. I probably wouldn't trade Royce Lewis for a year and a half. I would probably need. Like a good, give me like three playoff runs of a top flight starting pitcher before I would trade Royce Lewis. Would I trade Royce Lewis for Xander Bogarts, age 27, right now on the spot? 100%. Absolutely. Um, but I'm going to guess the Red Sox probably want more than that. Um, I think I would definitely be in the market for a pitcher that I thought could help assure that I don't, you know, run another losing streak of five games in the month of September. And a starting pitcher that I would feel comfortable putting into my playoff rotation. Because right now, the only guy that I feel really ironclad comfortable with in, in a playoff rotation is Kenta Maeda. Jaco DeRizzi yeah. has had injury issues and durability issues. We all know Jose Barrios, when he's on, is their best starter. But he's only been on like once all year to this point. And Randy Dobnak just feels like he has been... 
I don't know how he's dodging these bullets, and finally it, it caught up to him. But I just Randy Dobnak has been pitching over his head since the day he debuted, and he's great and he's fun. And it's a great story, but at some point, like you have to miss more bats if you're going to beat the Yankees in a playoff game. And so I keep turning to two pitchers that are under team control, one through a contract and one through arbitration through 2021. One is 27 years old. He's a former number four overall pick, and he's finally having his breakout season now that he's not with his crappy old franchise. Dylan Bundy is a really interesting one who has a 2.47 ERA so far this year and great peripherals, strikeout rate, etc. And I know Judd has already dismissed him, but Lance Lynn has been excellent throughout his entire career, except for the 20 games he was in a Twins uniform. He leads the league in innings, in starts. He's been durable. And in his two years with Texas, he started 41 games, 10.5 strikeouts per nine, a 3.33 earned run average and a FIP that's even lower than that. And so Lance Lynn, if you didn't have the 20 game, you know, mental stain of him in a twins uniform, you would be saying the twins should absolutely trade for a year and a half and two playoff runs of Lance Lynn. Like I, I would absolutely green light either one of those without giving up a top, top prospect. John, that's what I was going to ask. What would you give up? For, for Lance Lynn or Dylan Bundy, and I realize Lynn's a little bit better than Bundy, but would you include a, uh, a Kirilov or a Larnick in that package, or is that too much for you? I'm not giving up. The, I'm, there's no, no way on God's green earth, Jacob, that I'm going to give up what the Rangers are going to get probably if they do trade Lynn. I can't do it. The Bundy one intrigues me a more, um, but the Rangers are, if, if you've got, let's say, the Twins, the Dodgers, and two more teams that are currently bidding on Lance Lynn, that asking price is going to be way more than I, I can get, give up. And, hey, look, knowing what I know about him from, as Phil said, that 20-game stint here, that, that sours me more, but I just I couldn't make that trade. And I can't give up because I think if you make the deal with the Rangers for Lynn, I think you're talking about at least one of your top five prospects. I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. So before before I answer that question, before I answer that question, I just want to state that we've been sitting here waiting for basically 15, almost 20 years for the Twins to do something huge at the trade deadline midseason. I commend them. The Josh Donaldson signing was awesome. They've made great little moves here and there at the deadline, like Sergio Romo was a great deadline acquisition. Sam Dyson, they might have wanted to take a closer look at the medicals on that one, but like the idea of a Sam Dyson was was a good idea as we count down here. Uh, it is 3 o'clock Central Time. The trade deadline has hit. It doesn't mean that there aren't going to be deals that come out, so we'll keep you posted here on this trade deadline special. But my biggest question would be, when are the Twins, and even fans, and Judd in this case, going to stop making excuses for not being aggressive at the trade deadline? And I get, well, this year it's built in, it's a pandemic year, and it's a weird sprint, and it's only 60 games, and you know, you gotta, you know, you got to hold on for next year. Well, the Twins can win the World Series this year. That's a fact. They can win the World Series this year. They probably need a boost. In order to get that boost, you have to make a trade. So you can say not this year, but you're not guaranteed that next year's going to... Like, what if next year you're the third best team in your own division and the playoffs go back to the old format and you miss the playoffs as a 90-win team? You can win the World Series this year. And so I just think it's dangerous to not pull the trigger on something that you, that, that can help your win-now window uh, as the Twins are in. My two cents. I killed them. I killed him last year because I, I said, and I think rightfully so, look, R- Romo and Dyson, that's fine. 
but go out and get pitching. And they didn't, okay? So I can't sit here, though, this year and not be affected by by the season length, by the difference in the, the year. I just think that this year to me, if nothing else, is a gift. It's a gift to see what you have and don't have. And look, there are some things that are concerning, definitely concerning. Um, and some evaluations, I think, that have to be made and probably have, have to be changed and probably would cause me uh, to make moves once the winter hits. That being said, I can't sit there for months, as I did, or a month, and say, you know what, the 2020 uh, season doesn't feel the same to me, it feels different, blah, 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 and now come back to you at the deadline and pound my desk right here and say, damn it, make moves. All right. So. Sorry, Dex. This is uh, this is coming from John Morosi as the deadline hits. Uh, he has a source that says the Twins did not trade for a starting pitcher at MLB Network. So uh, if, uh, if there is something that trickles in, it will not be for a starter. I'm going to rifle through some news here. So Dex has John Morosi. Doogie from Channel 5 in the Scoop podcast says Twins stay pat. And Dan Hayes from The Athletics says no activity from the Twins today. They expect to get a lot of key players back very, very soon. Uh, there are other teams that are like trades are trickling in here from other teams. So this was this wound up being one of the most active deadlines. I mean, Mike Clevenger was probably the best name traded, maybe Starling Marte. So you didn't have like a Max Scherzer on the move, but you had a ton of moves in this abbreviated season at the deadline. And according to Dan Hayes, John Morosi, and Darren Doogie Wolfson, the Twins do zilch. They feel good about getting Josh Donaldson and Byron Buxton back. Uh, fingers crossed if you're a Twins fan. So uh, we'll start with Jake DePew. Now that we know, uh, unless something trickles out here, uh, it sounds like the Twins have put the note out, though, to, to various reporters. Yeah, we're good. Don't need to speculate anymore. Your thoughts? It's a little disappointing to me. I'm going to be honest. I mean, this is a team that <clears throat> was a World Series favorite, one of the top two or three teams, I think, in baseball coming into the season. They clearly uh, still c- are trying to win and care about winning this year. I mean, I get the logic. Buxton and Donaldson are presumably coming back, but like, man, all these other teams are improving. Like, all these other contenders are improving. The A's traded for Mike Miner. Like, pretty much every contender has made some sort of deal. It's a little disappointing, and I'd say as as good as Falvey and Levine have been, and I think they've been phenomenal, the trade deadline is one spot that I think they've kind of botched. In 2017, they bought and then sold six days later, and then ended up making the playoffs without their closer, Brandon Kinsler, right? Uh, in 2018, they got a bunch of prospects. I think they did well there. But then last year, to not get a starter, um, and as much as I love Randy Dobnik, to have him starting game two at Yankee Stadium with a team that won 101 games, that was disappointing. And I think, I don't know, man, I think not doing anything at all when you consider yourself a World Series contender, I think it's a little too conservative for me. I'm not upset because of the circumstances. But what Jake just said is also 1,000% right. And if you look at the big picture of this deadline again and what they did last year, which considering how good the team was, was in my opinion, not enough. Um, I think there's a concerning trend here. And that is, are you, are you able to, when push comes to shove, pull the trigger when you need to? And the answer right now is we don't know. It, it looks like the twins freeze. And so look, I'm not going to sit here and torch them for what they didn't do today. But when I put that together with, as Jake says, Phil, two years back and then last year and then this year, it starts a concerning trend. And I will say we have seen enough in 2020 to have some real concerns 
about 21. And there's probably fixes that most definitely are going to need to be made. Now, my question is, can those fixes be made? Can you trade prospects? Because that's the one thing the Twins aren't really showing yet. So I'm not going to torture for what they didn't do today, but I will say this. I have some real concerns about how they operate and the reluctance to probably make moves in situations where ordinarily I think teams make moves that probably hurt to make, but you make them. Here's another one that just came across, all right? The Cincinnati Reds just traded for a, a new closer. The the Cincinnati Reds are 15 and 19. They're behind three teams for the final spot in the National League playoff bracket, and they just traded for Archie Bradley, Arizona Diamondbacks closer. Diamondbacks were selling today, left and right. Diamondbacks <laughs> so the, were crazy. They're even the Reds. Like this is my beef. I understand. I understand. In some ways, you know, you look at the the, the Twins and you say, all right, well, Mike Pineda is coming back this week, and so really the Twins have like. Six starting pitchers, you know, they're trying to see what Rich Hill is still. And and I and I and I will give them that time, because if Rich Hill can get right and and can get this thing ramped up throughout the month of September, then when he's on, he is one of the better starting pitchers in baseball. He's also 40 and just like super rickety. But Mike Pineda's back, Josh Donaldson, Byron Buxton. And so anyone that the twins would trade for and that bullpen you know, Taylor Rogers is a, is a question, but if they think that he's healthy and just like going through a spat, the bar for who the twins would trade for to add value to this team is higher than it would be for like the Reds who are not that good. They have like three decent pitchers and, uh, and half a lineup. And so the Reds can add Archie Bradley and it moves the needle. Now the, the twins add Archie Bradley and he's good, but is he one of your two or three best relievers? Maybe it's debatable. So I get their logic to some extent. But and but that's just the micro. The macro for me is when are they going to do it? When are they going to do it? Is so is it next year? Like there, it, this is your window, and maybe your window goes another couple of years. And if you're if you're lucky and you've built this thing, maybe like the St. Louis Cardinals have for the last thirty years, then you just have a window every single year. But um, but back to Jake DePew's point, the fact that a lot of other teams are getting better today, and the Twins are just banking on Byron Buxton to get off the disabled list like every year is a little bit disappointing. Can I go macro, macro? I got two. Wow. I want to take this conversation up a big notch, okay? And here's how. So what Jake and Phil, both of you said, and I touched on. The question to me becomes this. The sense of urgency all around in times of push comes to shove has not been there. And and that's true of Falvey. That's true of the executive staff. And guess what now, guys? It's true of Rocco, too. The, the whole thing that I talked about coming into this year was in a 60-game season where it's not going to be normal and it's going to be for baseball a sprint. Are you going to make moves based on urgency? And, and, and Rocco Baldelli, that flies in the very face of how he elects to live life, okay? But you've got no choice. But I will say this. In Rocco's case, for the most part, he has made his choice, and that is think about it, to handle things as if this season started on March 26th. Think about the fact that the bullpen, he is basically bound and determined to rest guys, the starting staff, the exact same thing. And I am all for keeping guys healthy. And for the most part, I think he's probably right. And he deals in the right way. But when you're talking about a 60-game season where there is urgency, where look, whether you like it or not, a five-game losing streak 
that includes a sweep at the Tigers should cause you to be like, this is not right. We have seen nothing from him so far that shows, uh, oh, my God, I got I got to at least do something different. And, and so I think if there's one overriding concern about the Twins who are run by very smart people, but just as a whole, it's is there an urgency button at Target Field at all? And I don't know that the answer is yes at this point. And and this is where, so I have urgency not to piss off my wife, so I have to jump off in a second. Um, but this is where, uh, you know, th- like that Royals series earlier in the year where they got swept and they didn't pitch a single, uh, you know, good reliever uh, in three close games. This is where it's coming back to bite them a little bit now. And same with this Detroit series. Now they're two and a half up on the, on the nine seed, Detroit. They lose the tiebreaker to Detroit uh, based on head to head. And so it's like now they have to, you know, win some of these games and act with the urgency that they didn't have earlier in the season, just to fend off Detroit for the eight seed. Um, you know, I kind of got ripped for that at the time for, for criticizing that by some people. And I just thought it was too passive, man. I think in a 60 game year, you still have to go out and try to win these games. You don't run your relievers into the ground, but like to not pitch any of their top five relievers in that Royal series and to mail in some of these other games the way they have. I, I don't know, man. I love Rocco. I really do, but it's just a little too passive for me. All right, so you don't get disowned and divorced. We're gonna we'll say goodbye to Jake DePew. Right. Thanks for Thank hanging you. out with us, man. Appreciate right. it. In perhaps the most baseball-y, old-timey baseball tweet ever, Judd and Declan, Bob Nightingale from USA Today tweets: The Rangers have telephoned Lance Lynn to tell him that he is staying put. So Lance Lynn was not A traded, rotary. and the Rangers have telephoned him to make that case. Just Hello, so, Lance so. Lynn. Lance, are you there? Just want to tell you, uh, it's the Rangers here. Your standpoint. Good job, kiddo. And we're gonna, we're gonna put you on the train. Grab your briefcase. You would have taken uh, taken his phone and taken his sweet time, just like he did on the mound for the Twins. Uh, you guys, you need to get over then. it. You guys, just because Lance Lynn takes a half hour to throw every pitch doesn't mean that he wouldn't be an asset for this team. All right, you don't have to watch. Just, just take a night off past. once every five games. Sorry, I can't get past it. Man, so well, they didn't make any moves. There's a lot to be discussed in the coming days here. But they have basically said, without saying directly, maybe they have, we like our roster at full strength to potentially push forward and win the World Series. And September is just about getting that roster to full strength while also not losing six games in a row again while you're trying to do said thing. So, um, And if Bucks can stay healthy, I mean, that's a, that's a lot to ask. The fact that... Donaldson's calf problem is essentially chronic is a problem as well. Um, I, I just really hope that the twins, if nothing else, use this year guys as an opportunity to sort of see what needs work. Cause I mean, this, this, this is a good team. This is a good team. This has components of a good team. Um, but this division next year, choo, choo, here come the white Sox. Yeah. I mean, that's a damn good team. Cleveland offensively has question marks, but that pitching is still good. So it's going to be tough. And and I, I do believe that if you sit back and just like say, well, we got all these prospects coming, it's going to be fine. Again, I just want to know and I want to see at some point in time beyond uh, a signing like the Donaldson one where the urgency lies at times. And that doesn't mean that I want people to go crazy and turn over uh, the food spread and all that good old cliche stuff. But there is there are, there are times where I say, do you ever sense it, boys, or are, are you always just sort of comfortable? And I don't know the answer to that one yet. Yep. It is worth noting, too, uh, as Doogie points out, Houston, the White Sox, and the Yankees, and the Rays, who are, I believe, still tops in the American League East, 
None of those teams made a move. So the so five of the playoff teams in the American League, Twins included, did not make a move today at the deadline. So I think um, I think that's a wrap for us right now. Just because, hey, Phil. yeah. Phil, quick question: How much do you think teams that, that didn't make moves might have not made moves based on that first round being such a short hockey like crapshoot? Um, it's a good question. Good question point for Judd. Dang. But I don't think it has as much of an effect because if it does, then you're saying the difference between a five-game series and a three-game series is like your top pro- willing to give up your top prospect or not. And the reality is a three-game series and a five-game series both present crapshoot natures. So um, would it make you a little bit more hesitant if you're a top team? Like if you're the one seed, you know... I don't know. You're you're definitely more at risk as a top seed to get bounced early in the playoffs when it's two out of three. I mean, think about if the Reds get in and they play the number one seed. I don't want to face the Reds if they've got Trevor Bauer lined up for the first game, and now I'm down two games. And now I'm now I got to sweep the next two games. And oh, there's Sonny Gray. So, um, yeah, I think I, I guess I thought teams were going to be way more hesitant, but teams clearly decided. We're going to give up something. I don't know how many top, top prospects were traded in the last 48 hours, but teams definitely decided that we don't care if it's a sprint season. We're going to make trades and see what happens. Even teams that are under 500 right now are making trades. And uh, and the Twins, the Twins, when fully healthy and when everyone is clicking, have one of the best rosters, if not like a top three roster in all of baseball. And we just haven't seen it healthy and clicking so far this year. And so that's that's the goal in the next 30 days is to just see if everyone can get back on the field. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. I am too. But uh, we shall see. All right, you can find Mackie and Judd daily discussions about Minnesota sports on the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. And write that down Wednesday later this week, too, where I'm sure we will make Twins-related predictions. And uh, we'll see you later. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Twins trade deadline special on Score North Social Media. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.